The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hammer Down. That's not music you're Boy, supposed no, to just, sing. Just a minute. Dum, 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 da da dum 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 da 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 dum 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 da da dum dum dum. All right, that's enough. Okay, I forgot to bring my other laptop, so I didn't have our theme music. Hello, welcome to the Hammerdown Racing Report for Thursday, October twelfth. Uh, the day before Friday the thirteenth. It is. It's crazy. It's weird the way that works out. We have uh, the Dirt Car UMP National Champion in the studio with us, Rusty Schlank. Thanks for coming in. We'll be talking to him in just a little bit. Uh, first. Uh, a little bit of a racing roundup for all the action that was going on this before past we, weekend. Before we do that, oh, let's we've... let's give let's give our listeners a heads up on the phone phone number because I know they're going to want to call and talk to Rusty. So give us a call. Write this down: four one nine two one four zero nine four nine. Write it down: four one nine two one four zero nine four nine. And we might actually answer the call. No, we probably will. <laughs> Anyway, uh, last weekend, Fremont, uh, they had their uh, finale with the Run What You Brung show. And uh, this man right here, uh, otherwise known as Hulk Hogan, as you were called last week. You don't yeah, have, you well. Don't, you don't have the uh, bright yellow shirt on this week. But uh, you said fast time in your uh, Outlaw late model there. I did, and it was fun time. 14.221. Yeah, almost half a second faster than the next guy. Yeah, we won't say how much faster it was than my time. No, but, you know... I've talked to. You a few probably have time to run to the bathroom and come back. Scott, I've talked to a lot of people who said you look very, very good. Oh, thank I you. said, everybody in the audience is nodding. My head's getting bigger. Yeah, that was a fun track to to, to go on. It's, yeah, it's it a race on. I've never raced at, at Fremont. Did you have a sideboard yeah. on? I had. I run. I run. I ran. He ran, he ran what I brang. <laughs> brang. And it was the same thing he brung a week before at Oakshade. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. I didn't know if you tried the sideboard out or not. I, I've been too busy to do anything like that. But uh, no, it was it was it was fun. I mean, I've been there. I've been on the track. I just haven't raced on it before. So and and the fun. track was just super. A little really bumpy. A little bumpy. It, it was but it was nicely prepped. Absolutely. Oh. And and I thought Rich Farmer was very fair because we did get rained out before the end. We got all the heats in, and then first lap of my uh, feature, the first feature, the rain started coming down, and unfortunately Mother Nature took over from there and had a little driver's meeting and discussed what we wanted to do because they couldn't do a, a, a makeup, and uh, somebody had a good suggestion, and I liked it. But I don't think you would have liked it because, well, you know, how much could you have won? Grand. Okay. You came but, you a little know, short of that. But. And, yes, I was disappointed. But at the end of the day, I think it was the right thing to do. There were some guys that went home with a payday significantly bigger than they thought they would have. And there were some guys who were disappointed. So I, I guess it was fair. Yeah. What else could you do? I mean, he was in a no-win situation there. So Yeah. If everybody loves it or everybody hates it, you're doing something wrong. But if some of the people are offended and some of them aren't, then... And yeah, that was the right thing to do. And hopefully he decides to do that again next year. Yeah. And, and I know and the, the fan count was a little uh, less than he had hoped for. but uh, I, I think the weather played into that to, to a huge degree, Scott. You know, the, the weatherman was saying that 9 o'clock it was going to rain, and he, he, was, he was spot on. Yeah. 
and it sucked driving home in that too. Oh, buddy. Eldora <laughs> uh, had their uh, the Fall Nationals there. Jeep Van Warmer, big uh, winner there. Uh, Nick Hoffman in the Modifieds. Um, this gentleman over here, he finished ninth, uh, which was good enough to wrap up his uh, second dirt car UMP National Championship, correct? Yes, the, the 24 hours of Eldora. <laughs> Man, it took forever. <laughs> um, yeah, I wish uh, I wish we could have wrapped that thing up Saturday night, but same thing happened to us. Got rained on halfway through the feature, and uh, uh, it came at the right time because I was actually just pulling off the racetrack as it started raining. Um and uh, the, the caution saved me, so uh, we got to restart the next day. Uh, I knew as long as I kept unzicker in my sights, we were good to go. I think he finished eighth. I finished ninth. That right. was that was the report that I saw. And we'll talk more about that in just a little bit. Uh, John Henry finished fourth. He uh, wrapped up the American Late Model Series Championship with that. Uh, and I heard, I heard that Rusty Schlink was second in ALMS points. Yes. Yep. Pretty amazing. <laughs> Sounds like a good. If Sounds like a profitable year. If you're not first, well, hindsight's twenty twenty. We should have uh, we should have went after that ALMS deal. We started out the year running American Ethanol, and I missed three ALMS races. So um, I'll take a I'll take a five thousand dollar payday for second, uh, missing three races. Uh, but not if we would have ran the whole deal, we probably could have won that too. All right, NASCAR news: Martin Truex he won Charlotte last weekend, and uh, uh, what did I read? Kurt Busch, Kyle Busch uh, had some uh, medical attention after the race. He was uh, laying there on the turf, apparently a little bit. Heat exhausted, carbon monoxide. Yeah, I, I, I heard that it was a whole lot of carbon monoxide. Yeah, he had uh, knocked the crush panels, I guess, out of that. Uh, I saw the replay there. He hit the wall. He, I guess he was in a wreck earlier, then he hit the wall with like nine laps to go, and his car was pretty tore up, but uh, he's fine. He's okay. Yeah, well. He'll be all right. He'll be back at it this weekend. Danica Patrick, she still has uh, no ride for 2018. Do you think uh, she's going to line something up? What do you, what do you think's going to happen with her? You know, Arizona T-shirts probably ought to sponsor the lady. Um, she sells tons and tons of, of shirts. Um, she comes pretty well funded. Um, but I, I, based on talent and results, I think she's going to be a spectator in 2018. Okay. Landon Castle, another driver, he's uh, without a ride in 2018. Front Row Motorsports uh, let him uh, know he's not going to be in uh, their car next year. He's currently 32nd in points. Yeah, well. I like I, him. I think he's a well, nice guy. And, and he is a nice guy, but 32nd in points doesn't earn you a ride. That's true. Well, uh, he, Unless he, you own the deal. Okay. Uh, Furniture Row uh, Racing, uh, they're going to only field one car next year, the uh, 78 of Martin Truex. Uh, probably a good choice there. The 77 of Eric Jones, uh, they're going to just, that car's going away. Eric's going over to. Uh, Hendricks. Joe Gibbs. I Joe think, Gibbs, yeah, okay. To fill in for. Uh, Kenseth, yep. the 20 car. So they're down to one car. So there may be some uh, open uh, positions in some of these races next year. Maybe you guys want to? I don't, I, don't <laughs> I don't know if my, my uh, wallet's big enough for that ride. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's probably why some of these guys are going down, uh, dropping some cars. Uh, those fires out in California, I guess, uh, have gotten close to the Sonoma Raceway facility. Did you know that? I did not, but... They, they say, they say uh, according to the track president Steve Page, it does not appear... Any of the raceway structures or other facilities are at immediate risk. But there was like a picture, and you can see the fire in the background. That's kind of scary. It is. And uh, I'll tell you what, the insurance companies are taking a heck of a hit this year with the, with the hurricanes and, and the fires out there. You know I, who's going to be paying for that? Yeah, buddy. I'd hate to be in the insurance business. All right. And uh, finally, the Monster Energy uh, NASCAR Cup Series is going to be at Talladega this weekend, Sunday. 
2 o'clock on NBC. Who's your pick for that one, Scott? I don't, I, I don't know, really. I don't really watch it anymore. I mean, if I do watch it, it is the restrictor place rate, plate races. You I know, like I like the pack racing. I know they don't, but if Junior's going to win a race in 2017, this will be it. Well, for his his sake, I hope he does. Uh, yeah, you know nice. he's he's had a less than spectacular year, and uh, it'd be cool to see him go out with a win if he can avoid the big one. It's kind of like uh, reminds me of ending up in the bomber B main and starting at the back. <laughs> The whole thing is avoid the big one. That's I'm not it. sure if he ran the late model class, but I, <laughs> I've uh, I've been stuck in the back there quite a few times. It's been just as bad. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of times, it, at least at Oakshade, uh, there's a lot of caution-free features. Yeah, we have. We had, yeah, we had a lot this year. Um, racing was pretty good there this year. Kankakee, mm-hmm. Illinois, where we raced Sunday, uh, went green to checker. It was an absolutely amazing race. Did you win that round? Yeah, I was going to ask no, that. No, we were third. Uh-huh. Who won it? Um, you know, I, I forget the guy's name. It was a number 01. I, I had a long talk with him after the races, and I guess in, in a late model, he is just a field filler, but he's got the sideboard races really figured out. He ran a good race. Uh, like this area, they had a lot of rain on Saturday, and uh, the bottom of the track was, was six inches deep in muck. And uh, start of the feature, I was pretty cautious, went up to the top, he drove right through the muck, and by the time I got my shield cleared, he was gone. <laughs> and we chased him the whole the rest of the race. But uh, we had a good time. Second quick qualifier there, won our heat race. Good job. Had fun. All right. Let's uh, let's focus now on uh, Mr. Rusty Schlenk, six-time uh, Oakshade Raceway champion. Uh, what other track championships do you have? Oh, man, I don't remember. <laughs> Uh, we think we won a I ninety six championship. Um, I don't know. I got a I got a sportsman championship at Oakshade. How many trophies do you have? <laughs> a lot. Do you have like several rooms just. We've got with we've trophies? got one whole room in the house full of trophies. Um, my my wife had to had to drag them up here when I moved when we moved uh, all my stuff from my dad's house when we got married. I uh, I had a whole basement full of trophies, and she thought that we had to have them on display in our house for some reason, and. Since we moved them, we've gained about twice the amount. So we've got a whole freaking room designated to trophies. All right. Well, uh, we're talking to Rusty Schlenk, the 2017 UMP Durkar, Durkar UMP, however you want to do it, national champion. Uh, if you want to call in, ask him a question, feel free to do so, 419-214-0949, or you can uh, put a message there on our Facebook Live broadcast. Um, and we'll probably see it. We, probably. I've been kind of watching. Somebody asked who that hot chick was in the back of the, the studio there. Are they talking about Dusty? <laughs> <laughs> so, Russ, so Russ, you you led by nine points going into uh, Eldora over Unzicker for, for the uh, the championship. What's, what's, what was your plan going into the weekend? I mean, how, how do you approach that? <laughs> I was praying for rain. I was ready for it to be over. <laughs> um, you got rain. Well, yeah, yeah, it didn't work out the way I planned. I got the rain, but we, <laughs> we had to drag it out for two days. Um, we, uh, we actually went down to Atomic Friday night to, to do some testing. Um, we'd been pretty good at Eldora. We've been a top five, five-ish car all year long. Um, but I knew we were uh, we're gonna have to step our game up because Ryan's been good, man. Coming down to the stretch here, I think he won eight out of the last ten races. So uh, and and we were only I, I think we were one of the only ones to beat him in that in that stretch. So I knew we had to be on top of our game. Uh, 
we went to Atomic and tried some stuff and started 11th, ran second, almost won it. Um, so I knew we I knew we were pretty good going in there. I knew if I could just keep him in my sights. Uh, he he doesn't run there much. He doesn't have much, have much experience there. So um, I knew we were probably pretty good because he had to win it in order to beat us. So I knew if I could just uh, stay with him and keep the pressure on, we'd we'd probably be okay. So it. God, it was uh, it, it was terrible coming down the stretch there though. That mid season, I thought we had it wrapped up. We had a two hundred and some point lead, but man, he got he got on top of his game and got stuff figured out there. And um, I guess that's that's what racing's all about. That's what makes that UMP deal so awesome every year. It comes right down to the wire. Can you throw? Can you explain the the throwaway portion? Uh, tell tell our listeners why it is that he had to win uh, in order to. Well, uh, they take our best 35 races a year. Um, we can race as many as we want. How many um, did you race this year? Uh, I think we're a little over 70, 75-ish, I believe. Okay. UMP races. Uh, that's everything. I think okay. we're, we've only got three non-UMP races. Okay. Four, four. So we're probably 70, 71 UMP races. Um, but they take our best 35 from April 1st to October 1st. And uh, after we, like Ryan and I both were replacing third place finishes. So we both had 35 top threes. We were both replacing a 65 point night going into Eldora. Um, So in order for both of us to gain points, we had to finish first or second. Um, So in in order to wrap it up, uh, pretty much we both had to win the race in order to, in order to gain points. (laughs) So what, what does a, a second national championship mean to you? Besides twenty thousand dollars, well, twenty thousand dollars is huge, man. That's uh, oh, so it's not just a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> no, the trophy's nice. The trophy's nice. Don't get me wrong. Uh, those those trophies are about the only thing. You you know you've done you've been in this industry a long time. Those trophies are about the only thing. At the end of the day, uh, when we get to look back on our racing career, there's there's no money left. So uh, it's it's amazing how quick that money's gone. <laughs> yeah, the uh, but but yeah, I mean, you guys all know I do this for a living. So that that twenty thousand is huge. That's why I run for the points every year. That's why I don't bounce around and. And just run big races like most everybody wants me to do. Uh, I just can't afford to do it. I mean, it, it's good if we go run a big race and run top three, top five, and, and make a paycheck. But the next week, I mean, you just can't can do that consistently. So if we go to a, a big race somewhere and don't win it, uh, we're not eating that week. <laughs> so that, that points championship money is huge. That's, that's what gets us through the winter. Um, that's what gets the motors rebuilt and buys the tires for the beginning of the next year. And that's what helps pay for that race party that we put on for the kids and uh, try to try to give back to the sport a little bit there in uh, probably end of February, beginning of March. So it's huge. So you were bouncing back uh, between the 91 and the uh, one car this year, at least at, at Oakshade. And uh, Ian asked, uh, why don't you race the 91 car anymore? But you did a few times. But what, what's, what was the deal with that? Well, um, yeah, I mean, they're pretty much identical race cars. They're the same race cars. The 91 cars, it's ours. It's fielded by us out of our shop. Um, it's a hundred percent mine. It's, uh, it doesn't have what, uh, same motors I've been running for years. The, the motor I ran this year is, uh, it's 31 years old. I think it's, it's, it's actually Matt Miller's first aluminum motor. <laughs> so my, my, my engine program just isn't good enough to run some of the bigger races that we wanted to run with, with the CJ one. And, um, the CJ one car, I, we ran that the most, uh, just, uh, Tyler Bork with Buckeye concrete helped field that car for us. And, uh, and then obviously CJ Rayburn helped with the race car, so that's where the the symbolic CJ one came from, uh, to to help support and, and and show support for CJ for all he's done for us. So I just uh, I felt like we needed to be in that car most of the time. Uh, it, it helped support CJ seeing that CJ one out there, and um, Tyler from Buckeye Concrete helped help field that car, and he wanted to go racing. So if if he wanted to go racing somewhere and 
Uh, we weren't doing anything. We we take his car. I'd let mine sit at home and collect dust. It didn't cost me any money in the garage. What uh, what car you got for uh, next year? You got a new one? Bill, uh, uh, Bill we, asks, asking if your new car's ready yet. We are. I, I just finished up the cockpit in it last night, and uh, Ty, I think Tyler's on his way to the house right now to pick it up to uh, take it home and, and start stripping stuff off and putting it on. We just just built a brand new uh, brand new chassis out of Dokal with all the updates that we figured out throughout the year, all the stuff that made us better. We put them all into one car and uh, built a brand new one. So we're hoping to debut that thing the week before Charlotte, uh, the end of October, and then hopefully we'll be at uh, the World Finals with it. You say it's a Dokal car. What's that? Um, it's that the the new tubing that the the new rocket chassis, the XR1s, are built out of. Um, some other chassis manufacturers are messing around with it, but uh, it's just a stronger tubing. Um, it's it's a little better than the chromoly tubing that a lot of people have been building race cars out of over the years. I know chromoly tends to get brittle at certain points. It does. Yeah, the the Dokal is supposed to have all the qualities of uh, all the all the good qualities of the mild steel and all the good qualities of the the strength of the of the chromoly, but kind of all wrapped up into one. So hopefully we'll uh, uh, the, the stiffer we got this car all year long, the more supports and gussets and braces we added to it, the better we were. So we build it out of a stronger tubing and. Uh, Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll be uh, kicking butt with it here in a couple of weeks. All right. Well, looks like we got a call here. Let's. Uh, this is this is dangerous. <laughs> we don't know who this is. <laughs> Amber Down, Racing Report. Who's this? Christian Rayburn. What's it? What's your name? Christian Rayburn. Oh, Christian. Ron Miller here. <laughs> welcome to hey, Ron Miller. W- welcome to Hammer Down Motors or Hammer Down Racing Report. How's it going? Pretty good. We got a friend of yours sitting over here. What's happening, Christian? Who is this? It's Rusty. <laughs> Rusty here. Uh, <laughs> hey, big guy. You, uh, how's CJ doing? He's doing good. He's doing good. He's um, every day seems to. We seem to get a lot more progress in, and then he'll just pull you know a couple hours out that you just wonder how he even made it out of the hospital last week. <laughs> and you know, I swear he does it just to make sure somebody's paying attention. It's just to make sure somebody's watching and. Uh, you know, he'll he'll complain about there not being a medication where it should be, or maybe there's a conflict with one here or there, and it just uh, he's he's checking to make sure somebody's paying attention, and uh, I get to be that lucky one along with my sisters. So. <laughs> just in case anybody's wondering, uh, Christian Rayburn is C.J. Rayburn's son and uh, and nurse. <laughs> no, and nurse, that's right. He had heart surgery what two weeks ago, Christian. Uh. September the eighth, oh, wow. Friday, is when he went in. Gotcha. Had two valves repaired, uh, pig valve installed, and then uh, had a, a atrial fibrillation, which is a disorder. He had that corrected, and uh, a couple blockages cleared out. And of course, he wants to go drive race cars again next season. Did they remove the stubborn valve while he was in? No, <laughs> that's still well. Ron, that's still well and intact. Uh, he, w- he wouldn't be <laughs> CJ without it, so I'm glad they didn't take that one out of there. <laughs> no, it's, uh, you know, we were, it was a slow recovery process, and, and that's to be expected. There was a pretty in-depth uh, surgery that's gone underway on him, and uh, he's, we were we were worried about how long it would take for him to, to come through and just start being his old Henri self, and the Henri took longer than the, the genius did, and you know, you sit there and you'll run <clears throat> race car setups by him and you'll run percentages by him and uh, just 
just overall his, his ability to, to mess and, and manipulate numbers and factor them in his head are just it's unbelievable. And that came back almost as soon as he was able to talk again. It's just uh, kind of cool to watch. But, you know, uh, bat in the eyes of a nurse here or, you know, uh, someone else there, it was, it was a little bit longer to, to finally see that. And we saw that. And we all kind of looked at the physicians and the nurses and said, okay, he's, he's probably good to go. Go on home now. Christian, did I understand that the doll call car was a bit of a surprise to him? <laughs> All it was was a dad, that rusty guy, and his his, uh, his his sponsor and team owner. Really, I don't know why those guys would want to build a doll call car. And he just looked at me and he goes, "Well, Christian, let them do what they want to do." And I just kind of said, I changed the subject real quick because I didn't want to I didn't want to take away because that was pretty much my blessing to go through with it. <laughs> well, and I I really think. From a technical standpoint, that the way they're going about it is is really the smart way to go because the CJ1 car was blazing fast everywhere this summer, and they're taking the components off of that car and putting them on the Docal car. So if it goes as good or better, then it was a good plan. If it goes worse, then you'll know. Exactly, exactly. And uh, we're, I'm very eager to see where, where it goes. Uh, we, we have new strains and stresses that go on these chassis that's come about in the last five or six years in racing. And that's that dynamic chassis attitude where that right front dives way down, that left rear kicks way up. And um, who knows how much that's changed the strain that we've, we've thought out in 35, 40 years of building race cars. And a product like Docal, it does have its place. Um, I'm excited to see if, and what that actually brings to the table for us. I, I think uh, I think a lot of the racing industry is watching. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I think what Rusty brought to the table this year has uh, opened a whole lot of eyes. Well, <clears throat> the guy could drive you know, a wheelbarrow and still had done really well this year. Hey, I saw him and, spin uh, out in a bomber right in front of me. I just want to point that out. <laughs> that, was, that was no Rayburn. No, that's true. That's true. He's a heck of a race car driver, but, you know, very consistent driver. He's really brought a lot of the other components that my dad's not completely embraced. And that's, uh, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, shocks, things like that, that, that Rusty and his team have been able to go out and uh, really develop a lot of different items for these cars the Joe Paul car is kind of just our side of the contribution and just to see where we can continue to develop our chassis and, and continue to see our products as a modern uh, fighter and competitor out there today. I think something that brought your cars to light this year was the final race at Oakshade where Rusty put our good friend Dusty Moore in his car. And Dusty has had a less than spectacular season and he looked really, really good in the 91 car. Um, and I think that was a great, uh, a, a great tribute to uh, where you guys are at right now. Yeah, and I had a little bit of a conversation with Dusty there a couple weeks prior at Oakshade, and there was no question or you know conversation about Dusty even wanting to get back in a Rayburn car. But uh, I guess you know Dusty had made a couple comments to a few people there in Rusty's organization and Rusty himself about trying to get back into a car. You know, after they, he got to strap into one and. Dusty, uh, I, I had heard about his, his season up to then, and you know after he jumped in that Rayburn car and, and really ran well. So that was that was really really cool to hear. Well, Rusty's definitely a good salesperson. 
for you. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it, it was definitely good to get Dusty in that car. I mean, um, we've uh, we've won a lot of races in this area and a lot of different race cars. So I think it, it's hard for people to look at me and go, "Oh, Rusty's winning in it. We need to buy a race car." Um, I've won in, in in lots of different race cars, but uh, I mean that's kind of my job. But when you can get a get a local guy like Dusty, that's only I think he only ran a handful of races this year. I mean he he skipped out on a lot. He's not racing as much as he used to, and um, he's been kind of struggling the last couple of years. Man, he got in that car and. I think he led the first 18 laps of that race. Uh, if he wouldn't have had direction to to let me buy him, because I, I had to finish in the top <laughs> two to try and wrap up the points, I, I think he probably would have won that race. So um, that that was huge. That was it was good to. Uh, I needed that. I needed somebody. I needed an outsider to step into these cars. Uh, something that I'd been driving to to prove to everybody else that it's that, that the race cars can can win races. Rusty, um, the the last uh, UMP National Championship that you were running, uh, you said you've run a lot of different cars. What were you in? When when you won your last uh, championship, that happened to be a Rayburn, also. Really, <laughs> it still yeah. happened to be a Rayburn, huh, Rusty? <laughs> that happened to be a Rayburn, also. Yeah, I'm starting uh, the, to see a pattern last here. Year, the last year I ran a Rayburn, we won the national championship. Uh, we've been in rockets and lasers and pierces and everything else in between since, and uh, we've we've come up about one spot short every year. But uh, we were pretty dominant this year in this Rayburn, man. I've I've always had a good relationship with with CJ and the guys down there and Christian. Um, uh, we uh, we didn't see eye to eye a few years back and uh, went our own different ways. But I mean, CJ's always been like a dad. Every time we the last seven years, even though I wasn't in his cars, I stopped by and said hi and spent the night down there and talked to him. And um, we decided to uh, we decided to give it another try. And I'm, it was the best thing we could have done, man. I wish uh, I wish I wouldn't have wasted the last seven years uh, driving other stuff. Cause, Wonder how many championships you could have won. Uh, I'm guessing about seven. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, I'm all around. You, you know, you're just happy that that it came back around. And, and there, about midsummer, where there were a few races that uh, Rusty started getting under his belt, it was kind of cool to see myself getting excited to be at the races and and to see myself excited again, like years before, actually, like no year prior. Uh, just overall being eager about my product and uh, seeing my product in the spotlight again through Rusty and uh, his team just they're like family to me at this point and um we've grown that family even more and we're, we're just you know just a, a bunch of real best friends honestly at the end of the day and um i think it's actually kind of shown my dad uh, just a little bit more fire than he's seen out of me in a long time well christian it, i i saw some fire in your dad's eyes when he was uh at oakshade uh, a couple months back um but i really hadn't seen for a while i i thought it was pretty cool it is it is, and, uh, you know, we sat there. <clears throat> He's fresh home from the hospital uh, on Sunday watching that uh, that race in Eldora being broadcasted uh, through the Eldora website, or the Eldora Facebook page. I had it up on his TV. And a couple times there, he kind of just said, you're going to turn this off. I'm going to have a heart attack. <laughs> you know, just worried about, uh, you know, what, what needed to happen for us to lock it in and, you know, he, he's not a man of many words about his emotions and things, but uh, right then I could really tell, you know, where he was at emotionally about, about Rusty Lockett, and so that was even cooler. So, All right, we have uh, Christian Rayburn on the phone. For those of you just joining us, Rusty Schlenk, the uh, two-time Dirt Car UMP National Champion, sitting right over there. Now, if somebody has a question for either Christian or, or Rusty, uh, will our phone lines uh, flash over? Maybe. Maybe we'll find out. Okay, we got. We do have uh, some more questions here uh, on uh, that we've gotten from our Facebook Live. Uh, Matt Shipley wanted to know uh, 
who you look I, I gotta look and see exactly what he said here. Something about who do you look up to? Who do I look up to? Who do you look up to in the dirt late models? Hmm. I think he wants the answer to be him. <laughs> That's my guess. I'm not sure. Um man. Who do I look up to in the dirt late models? There, there's so many. Uh, CJ, obviously. Uh, CJ is uh, the number one hero of, of, of a lot of people. Um, he's he's done so much with the sport. Well, he started this whole deal. Yep. I mean, it, we, we're, we're driving what we are today because of CJ. Uh, every every race car we run is is in somehow, not an exact copy, but but every, every aspect of every race car is somehow copied from a Rayburn at some point. Um, with little tweaks on it here and there, so uh, the CJ CJ is my number one hero. Uh, the, I mean, there's a lot more out there. Uh, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of Scott Bloomquist, but I'm I'm a big fan of what he's done, what he's accomplished. Uh, I'm not a fan of his ego, but I'm I'm a fan of his accomplishments and his his work ethic. And there's a lot of people that don't like Kyle Busch, but the man can drive yep, a race car. Yep, and I agree. Um, Billy Moyer, uh, uh, Billy Moyer's. Uh, not so much the not so much the the chassis aspect as much as I like I I really like Bloomquist for his smarts and, and and what he does with the race car. He's he's just a brilliant guy. Billy Moyer uh, is a driver. He's one of the guys I look up to uh, driving style wise. Um, he's been around for so long and um, he's still on top of his game. He uh, he he can take a race car to the top, the bottom, the middle, the cushion, the slick, wherever you need it to go and. That's really what I've I've tried to base my driving style off of it, to be to be versatile. There's so many one one sided drivers. They can run the bottom, they can run the top, they can run the middle. But um, you have to be prepared to race where they aren't. Yep, exactly. That's that's where races are won is going where they're not. So your wife says uh, Chris Patterson. Uh, yeah, Chris Patterson. I'm glad she brought that up. Uh, Chris Patterson was my was my first hero. Um, he. Uh, I grew up in Michigan, so I, I didn't know anything other than Butler Speedway for a long time until I was about 13, 14 years old and started going around to other races. So Chris Patterson was definitely one of my first childhood heroes. Are you racing the uh, the Dirt, uh, what is it, Dirt, Dirt Car Nationals? Yeah, Gateway Dirt Nationals at uh, St. Louis? Yeah, yep. We're, we're, we're locked into that uh, race of champions now, so um, we'll definitely be there. I plan on which, being Which there. car are you bringing? Somebody I think we're, we're probably going to take the CJ1. Okay. Um I'm not sure if it'll be a different paint scheme or the same or, or what we're going to do yet, but um, I'm pretty sure we're going to take the CJ1 there. Uh, I think it was Ian. Somebody asked, uh, fights. Have you been in any fights? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. No, no. I've never even been in a fight with Ron at the racetrack. No, fighting, <laughs> fighting is against the rules. Ron never fights. <laughs> um, no, I never had a chance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I had to pull a blue guy off around this year. <laughs> I don't was know. he a Smurf? Well, he wasn't blue until we got done with him. But <laughs> we we have a good friend named John Deere, and on this particular night, uh, when I realized what was going on, I was forty feet away. <laughs> Next year, what 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 what's your goals for uh, two thousand eighteen? Track championships, national championships. Man, we are. We've thought about so many different things at this point. Um, we've we've batted around the option of doing the whole summer nationals tour. Um, we've talked about just doing the same thing we're gonna we did this year and trying to do another national title. Um, I really, Christian Rayburn, you're still with us. Where would you like to see Rusty next year? Uh, I don't want to be too specific, but it rhymes with Merlin Outlaws. <laughs> 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 we that that was Jack where I was going next. Uh, and just 
best friend stuff all summer long and just uh, <laughs> doing a lot of research and development, a lot of Walmart parking lot camping sessions. Uh, Christian, if we're going to do this World of Outlaws deal next year like we talked about, you're going to have to do something with your hair gel because that about got me a divorce this year. I don't think it was nice. It wasn't the gel. I think it was like a, a hairspray or a pomade. Or yeah, well, like my wife found that in the hall. You think I just wake I thought... up this good looking, Rusty? <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Career aspirations. Uh, where do you see yourself five, ten years down the road? I mean, you're going to stay in uh, dirt late miles. You ever plan on uh, maybe uh, trying to go I up? Or there's not up. I don't think for okay. not not at this point in the game. I mean, I'm too old at this point to to do anything other than a dirt late model. I mean, it, it, that's what NASCAR's, makes you happy, right? Yeah, NASCAR is about the only thing to go up, and I don't even know if that's going up nowadays. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, I, I enjoy what I do. Um, I do worry about our sport a little bit. It's it's got a little out of hand lately, so I do. Uh, honestly, that's ten years from now. I hope I'm going to be influential enough to to rally some people together and and get some rules under control and 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 really uh, uh, get this dirt late model sport back to where it used to be. Um, but I mean, Bob I, Member would roll over in his grave if he saw uh, he he's, would. He's been rolling for the last three years. He hasn't stopped rolling around. What was that, Christian? <laughs> he absolutely hasn't been rolling around. Um, these rules have just gotten out of hand and a lot of too much influence from the wrong side of the organizations and things have made a lot of bad choices. Uh, the cars got dangerous there and now they've inherently put a lot of things on there to, to stop that from happening to compromise. Compromise and compromise is what dad would say, but you know, um, the cars are just way too fast right now. Yeah. When, and, when you have to start, uh, when you have to start worrying about an arrow push at a three-eighths mile racetrack, something needs to happen to the race cars. I mean, when you go down the back straightaway at Oakshade and lose your nose because somebody crossed over in front of you, it's time to. It's time to. I haven't had that problem. <laughs> <laughs> what What's the fix? Uh man, we've talked about so many different things. There, I don't know if there is a fix as much as um, everybody's going to complain about something. You know what I mean? There, there needs to be body rules. There needs to be a ground clearance rule. Um, there needs to be shock rules. I mean, we're paying an outrageous amount of money for shocks. Uh, there, there's data acquisition on these race cars nowadays. I mean, when when we're going out to a World of Outlaws show, we're raising half the cars in the in the pits. We're racing against data acquisition. They got load cells on their shocks, so they know exactly what what loads they're pushing in the corners. And, and probably a dozen of them have been to a wind tunnel. Yeah, and I mean, there, there's wind tunnels and pull down rigs. And it's just uh, if we if we got back to a cheap non adjustable <laughs> gas shock. I mean, it doesn't even have to be just an oil shock. It can be a gas shock, but but non-adjustable, um, something that we can buy for for two or three hundred bucks. Uh, tire rules. I don't know if that's necessarily needs to happen. I mean, tire rules are yeah, that's, that's not really going to get us anywhere. Our but, tire rule isn't any different than it was twenty years ago. No, no, and it, it, that's not going to. The race cars are still going to go fast, no matter what tire we put on. So there needs to be body rules for sure. These things have got so aerodynamic. They're so aerodependent. Make them more boxy. Um, yeah, they, they, that's what they need to do. The, the the front ends need to be squared up a little. Um, I've, I wouldn't mind taking the dang spoilers off these things. Uh, but I, I think a lot of it is the front end. If you, I don't know if you've lost a front end lately. Yeah, absolutely, on, you can't I, steer. They need I mean, to pull that, the nose back yep. six inches. Pull the nose back, lift it up. Yep, absolutely. Um, if you, I lost two two or three races this year. Uh, well, two four thousand to wins at I ninety six this year, passing for the lead both times. Um, ethanol shows and i got a hole rip in the nose one time and the other time i don't know uh, i think we i think we hit a hit a mud clot or something to push the bumper up but i went from i mean we were three three four tenths of a second a lap faster than every car on the racetrack and as soon as that as soon as that hole got ripped in the nose we were three quarters of a second off the pace 
It's it's getting out of hand. Very believable. So who 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 do we need to go to to uh, get the rules changed? Uh, <sighs> sanctioning bodies. Unfortunately, yeah. man, what it, what it's going to take is uh, a group of us drivers. I mean, Fager, Jason Fager, and I have had this talk numerous times this year on the phone. Um, it's going to take a, a group of us uh, influential drivers uh, to get together and say, you know what, we're not running for this series or this series or this series. We're going to do our own. We're going to start our own. And I've talked to a lot of track promoters that are on board with that. Um, the unfortunate thing is that the sanctioning bodies are writing rules, and then there's a dozen guys, 15 guys that show up and with their yeah. race cars and rewrite the rules. Yeah, exactly. Agree, agree with that, Christian? Are you there, buddy? I'm sorry, guys. I had somebody just interrupt my conference call here. Oh, well, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, we were just talking about the fact that the sanctioning bodies can write rules to slow the cars down, but top 15 guys in the country come up, come in with what they want and totally rewrite the rule package. They completely leverage their, their personas to, we're just going to pull out if you guys don't let us run type, type situations. Is that what you're saying? Yep. Do local promoters have any any kind of pull anymore? I mean, they're, they're kind of unfortunately they don't. See what the the local tracks trickle down from the Lucas Oil and the World of Outlaw series. Um, obviously, the late models we run uh, are at the local level are going to be hand me downs from from the Scott Bloomquist and the Billy Moyers and the guys that run the the top series. So if Lucas Oil makes rules and World of Outlaws makes rules that forces all the smaller UMP tracks and everybody to, to try and conform to those so people have race cars to race. And um, until until a group of people get together and, and start our own UMP like, like UMP used to be, uh, I, I don't think there's a fix for it. I mean, you it's going to have to be a radical change, and a bunch of people are going to have to get together and say, you know what, we're done with this. These are the rules we want to race by. We want to save our sport. We don't want it to be this expensive, and we're going to have to go another direction. Um, I don't know if the top the, the the top echelon of people if, if the Lucas Oil guys and World of Outlaw guys would end up following suit or not, but I don't I don't see another way to fix it other than that. Can so, they can they run a national touring series with fifteen guys? Yeah, exactly, and and that's what you get is uh, these local tracks have to conform because when when whatever speedway in the middle of nowhere has a Lucas Oil race, there, there's 15 guys coming into that Lucas Oil race. People aren't going to show up for 15 guys. So they've got to have their field fillers. They've got to have their, their local three- or four-hour radius of race cars that can come race. And with if, if the rules don't conform, they're, they're not going to have that. So I really feel like if, if, if everybody got together and we did our own deal, they would almost have to conform at that point. The, t- the tough part is getting everybody yeah. together and yeah. doing that. We could go on for quite a while on this conversation, but we're running up against our time. Uh, Christian, I appreciate you calling in. I didn't know you were calling in. You must have been our surprise guest that Ron wouldn't tell me about. He's, he's the one. <laughs> no, I appreciate it, guys. And, well, I uh, dearly would have loved to. I dearly would have loved to have had his dad, but that was physically impossible. Mm-hmm. And uh, Christian, tell your dad that every single one of us uh, is praying for his quick recovery because we know he's going to recover. We just want it to be quick. I appreciate that, and uh, the, the the racing community has been more than more than awesome and, and their their showmanship of love and, and caring for the old man and uh i will let him know i appreciate it thanks for proud of you rusty by the way thanks you're, for uh, this year you're my number one man appreciate <laughs> you appreciate it man thanks you got it see ya Bye-bye. that's why you drive the number one yep <laughs> how'd you get the 91 um that a short story my, yep my first my first sponsor when i uh six years old uh my quarter midget uh is actually uh 
Denny Donaldson that owns Butler Speedway. Now, right. He currently owns Butler, and uh, I think he leases it out, but whatever. Uh, he raced a red and yellow number 91 sprint car back then. Um, he owned Rose City Motors, and they were the first sponsor of mine. So uh, I just I, – I actually – my very first race car was number two. It was after Rusty Wallace. It, it looked, was poop. <laughs> <laughs> it looked just like Rusty Wallace's car. Um, and then uh, – uh, I've just been at 91 ever since. He, Denny was kind of a hero of mine when I was little. Uh, I liked watching him race a sprint car, and when he sponsored me, it just uh, it just fit. So, before my phone died, uh, someone did ask on uh, Facebook Live, "When was your very first late model win? When and where?" Uh, Do you even remember it? My very first late model, full blown late model win was at Oakshade on my 16th birthday. Um, I was probably there for that. Yeah, I had a I had a half a lap lead on the field, and I we took the took the white flag. And as I took the white flag going across the line, going into turn one, I grenaded the motor. It blew pistons out the side and everything. Uh, I popped it into neutral and coasted all the way around the track. And as I went across the line, uh, I believe it was Kenny Hahn and uh, uh, Rick DeLong went blowing by me about five feet after the line. So we won by a few feet, but um, it it was spectacular for sure. I think I remember that. Yep. What year was that? Uh, Man, I was 16, so 15 years ago. All right. Wait, your engine is as old as you? Oh my, yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. My, yeah, my, yeah, my. The engine I run is is definitely as old as me. All right. <laughs> well, Rusty, uh, we appreciate you coming in, and uh, congratulations on uh, another championship. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I enjoy this. I, I I do a lot of radio interviews over the phone and stuff like that. But it's it's good to get in here and see you guys face to face and uh, talk to you the whole time. We'll so, have to br- thank bring you. you back in after you uh, win at St. Louis. All right, that's the plan. <laughs> that oh, that'll like be plan. fun. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll wrap things up with uh, what's coming up. we got uh, Milan Dragway tomorrow. They have the Aeroquip Heads Up season finale. Uh, yeah, that is Friday the 13th, 20 bucks. Um, Mansfield uh, Motor Speedway, they're in action tomorrow. They have that All-Star Circuit of Champions, uh, two shows, a double down, they're calling it. Uh, $5,000 uh, twin features. to win that. Yeah, it's uh, twin features on Friday the 13th. So, have you been out to, to Mansfield, either of you, since uh, <laughs> since they've redone that? Oh, I, have yeah. been out there. I haven't been there since this, it was dirt previously. Yeah. This race should have another late model show added. Actually, they they kind of gypped me out of my third out of my triple crown there. Um, we uh, they had that triple crown deal uh, that they advertised as a ten thousand spring ten thousand. Well, it, there, there was three races throughout oh, the okay, season. Okay, that's right. In uh, um, if you won them all, they were each five thousand to win. If you won them all, it was a ten thousand dollar bonus, and we won the first two. So and they never uh, did the third. No, they can't. They ended up canceling the third one. We weren't getting enough car count, I guess. So um, they they canceled it. But um, no, it, I love the place. Uh, Cody Summer did an awesome job with that racetrack. Uh, first time we we're there, it was rough. I mean, he, it was, he's the one that uh, he does that organized the the St. Louis. Yep, thing, right? he does yeah. the he does the St. Louis indoor deal too. So. Um, he's he's definitely coming into his own as a track promoter. Uh, the track was beautiful the last time we were there. Uh, we could race top, bottom, middle, wherever we wanted to go. It was smooth, no holes. Yeah, it was awesome. Tony Stewart's All-Star Circuit of Champions there tomorrow. Gates open at 4. Uh, spectator gates at 5. Racing at 7. 25 bucks general admission for that. Oakshade swap meet Saturday. Next on my list, uh, do you have to be there to win that chassis for perfect attendance? No. Okay, good. Uh, Eldora Speedway uh, back in action uh, Saturday night with uh, All-Star Sprints, so a uh, nice uh, two-day weekend for them. Uh, NRA uh, Sprint Invaders non-wing sprints will also be there again that Saturday night, and uh, it's not the uh, Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series that's down there. Apparently some of the tickets that were printed said uh, the Boss Series was going to be there, but it's not. Uh, Bearfield, they have go-karts coming up on Saturday. Flat Rock uh, has a meeting on Sunday to talk about that Bando, Bandolero series. Bandoleros, yeah. The little cars for uh, 8 to 14-year-old drivers. Uh, then we got a bunch of uh, banquets we'll talk about in the future. 
And, uh, of course, the Gateway Dirt National is coming up uh, December 14th through the 16th at the Dome of America Center in St. Louis. with uh, Indoors. Open-wheel modified, super, super late models there, yeah. They, they took you out. The pits are like, there's like a convention center next door or something, and they make yep. you like go out on the street before you get onto the track. <laughs> yeah, right? we, had to, we had to drive. Um, man, I bet it was every bit of quarter to a half mile around <laughs> around the building, down one street through the city, and then take a right and down another street and then into the building. So uh, it, was, it was it rainy or snowing? Oh, it was it was raining and sleeting and snowing. I ran dusty. <laughs> dusty was sitting on the side of the car. I was trying to. He, he was riding with me to fuel up, and I ran him into the fence, and I was sliding all over. I can, it was bad. <laughs> and he's still on your crew. Something to look forward to. That's dedication. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting, man. It gets cold when you got to go out from from that to to sit outside in the staging lane for twenty minutes, though, man. When you get caught out there, it's terrible. <laughs> It's a fun deal, though, man. I enjoy it. All right. Well, that's going to do it for uh, this edition of the Hammer Down Racing Report. We'll be back uh, next week with another show, Thursday night, 7 o'clock. Catch our Facebook Live. You can catch uh, the podcast. Uh, we'll have our iHeartRadio uh, channel Podcast should up be soon. up within the hour. Uh, well, I'm not that quick. I'll put it up tomorrow morning. Oh, they can They can rewatch this. Uh, this will be on Facebook. All right. They can rewatch the video until then. But, uh, really? Again, again, thanks, uh, Rusty, for coming in. Ron Miller, I'm Scott Hammer. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Thanks, guys. You can do your music. You pretend to do the music. No, no, no. I'm not doing it again. Okay. We're out. Hey there. My name is Michael Laminato, and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.